Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone on site and online. Especially for those on site, can I have a round of applause for yourself? You guys have made it out of bed. <laughs> All right, it's a cold, chilly, wet morning. And so, really, I, I think coming together as a community, that it feels, you know, it warms up my heart. All right, because of the effort, the commitment that everybody has, whether coming on site or online, waking up early, right? Finding always a means to connect with the community. I think that love, that commitment needs to be honored. All right, it's beautiful. So as we're coming together right, um, today, I'd like to welcome all of us home to Free Community, Community Church, our Sunday worship service. We are in the sermon series. Anybody knows of the name? I'd like to like, post questions. Online, right? Tap it out. On-site, anyone? Faithfully. Faithfully, one thing I really love about the past week's preaching, one of the things that is on the first segment of as we are starting our Sunday service, it's about worship, right? Do you remember what worship what was shared? It is God's people's response to the presence of God. And so as this morning I we don't want I don't want to jump immediately just into you know like just respond to a call to worship very mechanically. But I invite all of us, invite you online and all of us on site to discern and to look inward in our lives and where is God's presence in our life right now? What is God saying to you? Are you spending time in discerning what God is speaking? Have you heard of God's voice lately? Right? Some may find it challenging and say, ah, I never hear God's voice. In fact, all my life, I don't know what it is like to connect with God. But one thing that is for sure, be rest assured that God's voice is a loving, accepting, and merciful voice. Right? So, as the next an hour plus to two hours of service unfold, I pray that the presence of God you know, blossom and unfold as the service progresses and unfold too. So with that, let's prepare our hearts to witness the unfolding of God's presence in the community and in our lives. For those who are willing and able, may I invite you to stand, right? And join me to respond to the call to worship. Hungry for meaning? Welcome, welcome home. home. Thirsty for purpose? Welcome home. Yearning for comfort? Welcome, welcome home. Burning for challenge? Welcome home. Ready for learning? Welcome home. Eager for serving. Welcome, welcome home, home and welcome, welcome to, to worship. worship. Now let us join the worship team on a time of worship. the valleys if you grace the other 
Have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply? Cause in the highlands and the heartache You're neither more or less inclined I would search and stop at nothing You're just not that hard to find I will praise you on the mountain Praise you in the mountains and my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the Mountains, 
treasures we call grace A mighty river flowing upwards From a deep but empty grave I will praise you on the mountains I will praise you when the mountains in my way you're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you when the valley's all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray You're the heaven where my heart is In the highlands and The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty The audio of rejoice The audio of rejoice You wrap yourself in life And die tries to hide and trembles at your voice and trembles at your voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God oh we'll see how great
Please be seated. Let us now pray together. God of wisdom, whose knowledge is too wonderful for us, who created the world and all that it contains, who knows each blade of grass and hair upon our head. We are grateful for the part we play in your vision for creation. And we offer you praise for your infinite love for us all and our world. God of parables, we give you thanks for Jesus, who brings your wisdom to us through parables and stories, through love and action, through prayer and sacrifice. We thank you that even when we are not wise enough to grasp your message, your love for us never falters, and your patience with us is unceasing. God of inspiration, we thank you that we are not you, that we do not have to hold all that you hold, and that we have limits and we are limited. Yet, you still trust us to be partners in your creation. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, encourage us in our journey with you. Inspire us to live for your kingdom seeking your wisdom in all that we say and do. And we pray all of this in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. but call your name will you go where you don't know and never be the same will you let my love be shown will you let my name be known will you let my life be grown in you and you Never be the same Will you kiss the 
preaching this sermon series called Faithfully, Faithfully with a question mark. Can you unverse slides? Yes, Faithfully with, uh, with a question mark. And the question mark is there because we want to be anchored in our faith, but also be able to question our faith in a faithful way. So in this series, we have been exploring key tenets of the Christian faith. Previous sermons have covered topics such as atonement, sin, prayer, worship, and others. The theme for today's sermon is a big one. Today we are going to talk about salvation. So if you haven't done so already at this point, I'd like to invite you to go to Menti, uh, which is uh, what we use for interaction with questions in real time. So if you're home, uh, you can pop up a new tab in your browser. If you're on your mobile device, uh, go to fcc.li slash menti. And uh, with that, let's read today's lectionary passage. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went about at nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at about noon and at about three o'clock, he did about the same. At about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also, go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last 
then going to the first. When those hired at about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. All right, it's many time. Um, our first question, how would you feel if you were one of the workers who started early in the morning? Sien. <laughs> Unfair, not fair, yeah. Bad, I bad deal, jealous, yeah. Wasted, yeah. I feel your labor is wasted. Hourly wage, come later tomorrow. Yeah, come later tomorrow. What else do you have? Resigned, injustice. Unappreciated, equal but not fair. That's interesting. Equal but not fair. All right. The angry. All right. At this point, I can't see what's... The words jumble around. It's pretty hard to see. I think we can move on to the next question. So come later tomorrow. How will you feel if you're one of the, late, one of the workers who started at 5 o'clock? And this is, not, this is 5 p.m., by the way, not 5 a.m. I know some of us wake up at 5 a.m. to go to work, but in this case, uh, how would you feel if you want workers that started at 5 p.m.? Paise, grateful, loophole, exploited, good deal, shook, slay, <laughs> done my part, hang up, uh, what? Uh? <laughs> uh, happy, ah, interesting, unworthy, hmm. Fortunate, blessed, great, can try, lucky, abnormal. Is that abnormal? Yeah, okay. Ambitious, ambitious. Meh. <laughs> okay, so what is this parable about? Uh, so I was taught that this parable is about salvation and who gets into heaven. It's meant to address serious dilemmas like do sinners who repent at the last minute get to go to heaven? And how is that fair for Christians who have been good Christians all their lives? So supposedly the earlier workers represent people who have received Christ early in life and the later workers represent people who have received Christ later in life. And the moral of the story is that the people who were saved by Christ earlier should not be envious of the people who were saved by Christ earlier. After all, God's grace is supposed to extend to all. So, yes, if you steal your neighbor's wallet while you are on your deathbed, but you repent just before you die, then 
salvation is yours. But what is salvation anyway? Like the word sin, which Pauline talked about last month, the word salvation has a lot of baggage. We tend to think of sin and salvation as interrelated. And for many of us, we were taught to think that sin is the problem and salvation is the answer. But Pauline showed us that there's no one way of uh, thinking about sin. Even within Christianity, there are different ways of looking at sin. For example, Pauline showed us that uh, the Western Orthodox ideal of sin, sin and the Eastern Orthodox ideal of sin can be quite different. So today, I want to invite us to think about salvation as something else, as maybe not just about going to heaven. To quote the theologian Marcus Borg, Jesus himself seems to have believed in an afterlife, but he doesn't talk about it very much. Most often in the Gospels, this topic is brought up by somebody else, and when Jesus does talk about it, it's not clear whether we should understand him as providing information about the afterlife or whether we should hear him primarily as subverting overly confident notions of what it will be like. In any case, it's clear that his message was not really about how to get to heaven. It's about a way of transformation in this world and the kingdom of God on earth. So Jesus' message about transformation in this world, the kingdom of God on earth, was a message so powerful, so energizing, it mobilized people like nothing you've ever seen before. During Jesus' last week, he rode a donkey into Jerusalem, according to the Gospel of Matthew. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that, that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You know, today we use the word Hosanna to mean something like praise God or hallelujah. But that is not the original meaning of the word. Hosanna, Hosanna, it means, it comes from Hebrew, it means save please or save now. And if Jesus' message was not about how to get to heaven, then what were the people asking to be saved from? I think they were asking to save from many things, like sickness, despair, poverty, violence, oppression. Marcus Bock points out that in the Bible, there are many ways of looking at salvation. Salvation takes on so many meanings, such as light in our darkness, sight to the blind, enlightenment, liberation for captives, return from exile, the healing of our infirmities, our sicknesses, food and drink, resurrection from the land of the dead. And here I want to focus on salvation as food and drink. You know, Jesus' ministry prominently featured food and drink. Jesus described himself as the son of man who has come eating and drinking. His critics called him a glutton and a drunkard. 
Jesus' most famous prayer goes, Give us today our daily bread. Some of Jesus' most memorable miracles involve turning water into wine and, and, and feeding a crowd with bread and fish. And on his last day, Jesus sat down with his disciples for a meal. In his resurrection form, he joined his disciples on the road to Emmaus for yet another meal. And today, we practice Holy Communion, where we remember Jesus with a symbolic meal of bread and wine. So bread and wine, food and drink. Jesus wanted to make sure everybody had what they needed on this world, right now. Instead of asking, are you saved? I imagine that Jesus would ask, have you eaten? Do you have enough to eat? Notice that in this parable, and if you look at this parable, and instead of asking who gets to heaven, we ask who has enough to live. You can see that in this parable, the landowner agreed to pay the first batch of workers the usual daily wage. And in the end, he did pay them the usual daily wage. Therefore, he kept his word. To the later workers, the landowner said, I will pay you whatever is right. And he did. He did pay them whatever is right. In doing this, he kept his word. The phrase, usual daily wage, is translated from the Greek word, denarion, which, in the time of Roman rule, was a living wage. So the landowner paid the workers what is right. And what is right is a living wage. I'll say that again. The landowner paid the workers what is right. And what is right is a living wage. This is a story about workers being paid enough. It is a story about economics, employment, and justice. Perhaps you don't feel much for the workers who started later in the day because they were said to be standing idle in the marketplace. However, New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levin pointed out that the original Greek word argos is better translated as without work, so they were just unemployed. And we shouldn't jump into conclusions about the unemployed. After all, many of us have been there. We shouldn't jump into stereotypes about the unemployed being lazy. For the vineyard workers who started their job later in the day, we don't know their life situation. They might have maybe childcare responsibilities. Maybe they had elderly parents that they had to take care of earlier in the day. Maybe they had a long commute time because they couldn't afford to live in the city centre. So this is a story about economics, and economics is also not just money, but also about relationships. This is a story about the relationship between workers and employers. Workers and employers, we, we need each other. Workers need employment, and employers need workers. In this parable, the landowner, the employer, he was probably short-handed, and that's probably why he kept going back to the market to find workers. 
as for the relationship between workers. We need each other too. So instead of comparing who has more, can we talk about who has enough? Instead of jealousy, can we stand in solidarity with one another? One day, you might be one of the early ones. On another day, you might have some life circumstance that makes it difficult for you to come early and you might be one of the late ones. Well then, can you count on your fellow workers to support you, to respect that no matter your life circumstances, you deserve a living wage? You know, in Singapore, in the midst of inflation and increased cost of living, there's been much debate about wages. This has been a contentious topic. In Parliament, even a well-researched proposal for an official poverty line can, be, can result in one being called an effing populist. So this is really contentious. What is a living wage and why is it so important? A living wage is one that allows workers and their families a decent standard of living relative to norms in their society. This should not be a controversial idea. The United Nations and the International Labour Organization affirm the importance of a living wage and consider it a, live, a basic right. This is not just a secular idea, by the way. Jesus, he wanted us to not just to survive, but also to thrive. Jesus' ministry was not just about water, but living water. So our conversation about wages should not be just about a survival wage, but a living wage. Now, why is this important in Singapore? Just two weeks ago, or maybe even less than that, um, some researchers from NTU and the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy published this report, the Minimum Income Standard 2023. They found that among working households in Singapore, 30% earn less than the income required to maintain a basic standard of living. Now, we have to ask ourselves, does this sound like a first world country to you? To quote economist Linda Lim, a rich country shouldn't have so many poor citizens. Proportionally, Singapore has twice as many poor citizens as OECD countries, other rich countries. Yet, our policymakers can't even get on board with the idea of a living wage. Instead, they champion their own progressive wage model, or PWM. The PWM is the main wage intervention mechanism in Singapore, and in this model, employers are required to meet specific, specified wage levels, and these wage levels are supposed to increase as uh, the workers uh, acquire skills and gain seniority. It's theoretically supposed to help workers get, get better wages by upgrading their skills. But there are several criticisms for the PWM. Firstly, the PWM doesn't cover enough people, and it has been slow in its rollout. Until recently, it's only covered certain sectors such as cleaning, security, and landscaping. A report by researchers Ng Kok Ho and Tio Yu Yan states that although the PWN has lifted the wages of some workers, 
It covered only 10% of low-wage workers seven years after its introduction. Secondly, the PWM is not enough. The PWM by itself does not allow workers to reach a basic living standard. It needs to be supplemented by a complicated scheme of other government schemes such as work credit, workfare, comcare, silver support scheme, other things with acronyms and so on. It's, it's very challenging and very confusing to navigate this whole maze of government schemes. And even if you manage to do so, these schemes often do not add up to cover living costs. Thirdly, these schemes are only for Singaporeans and PRs. Doesn't cover foreign workers who continue to receive low wages and continue to be exploited. Now, economists such as Linda Lim have made arguments that the abundance of low wage foreign labor is the root cause of Singapore's low productivity and low wages. However, I also take a biblical view on this. The Bible tells us you are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native born. I am the Lord your God. The same law applies to both the native born and to the foreigner residing among you. The same laws and regulations will apply both to you and the foreigner residing among you. So, do you believe that it is reasonable for wages to allow you and your neighbor to have a basic standard of living? In the Minimum Income Standard Report, the authors define a basic standard of living as more than just housing, food, and clothing. It is also about opportunities to education, employment, work-life balance, as well as access to health care. It enables a sense of belonging, respect, security, independence. It also includes choices to participate in social activities, the freedom to engage in one's cultural and religious practices. However, this report seems to have touched a raw nerve in the government. The Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Manpower, the Ministry of Social and Family Development, three ministries got together to write a joint response which said, the Minimum Income Standards 2023 report states that it is not just about basic needs like housing, food and clothing, but also what enables a sense of belonging, respect, security and independence. We should therefore interpret the findings and recommendations through the same lens, that this is what individuals would like to have. That this is what individuals would like to have. Are these things not what people need? A sense of belonging, respect, security, independence, the freedom to engage in one's cultural and religious practices. These are not just wants, these are needs. These are dignity needs. Dignity needs are things that on the surface may appear to be wants, but under specific context, these are things that fulfill very fundamental human needs. For example, the ministries took issue with the fact that the minimum income report included jewellery, calling it a discretionary expenditure item. But this is to misunderstand the specific context of the jewellery. 
in the study, a mother has an annual budget of $50 for jewelry. $50 for one whole year for jewelry. And it was for things like earrings, brooches, and hair clips. It was for looking presentable at work. Surely that is a reasonable thing to budget for. In Teo Yu Yen's book, This is What Inequality Looks Like, she gave the example of a boy wanting soccer boots. Now, this might seem like a frivolous want until you realize that this boy's CCA in school is soccer and all his friends have soccer boots. And at the point, even, even his, his, his coach has asked him, why doesn't he have soccer boots? So, in this context, the soccer boots are not just boots. The boots are an item that enable the boy to participate in a key school activity, to make friends, to feel part of a group, and to not call attention to himself just by what he does not have. To quote from the book, sometimes dignity comes in the form of a pair of yellow and white soccer boots. Now, speaking of boots, uh, have you heard of the economic theory of boots? The novelist Terry Pratchett wrote, it's a missing slide, but it's okay. Uh, so the quote goes, a man could afford $50, a man who could afford $50 had a pair of boots that would still be keeping him dry, his feet dry in 10 years' time. While a poor man can only afford a cheap pair of boots that he would have spent $100 on boots in the same amount of time and he would still have wet feet. So it's difficult to break out of the poverty cycle because it is costly to be poor. And it is not just financially costly. There is a, there's a psychological cost as well. Active, activist Kirsten Hahn describes applying for financial aid from the state is in itself a costly exercise. And by that, I'm not referring to monetary cost, but the mental and emotional cost. The current process of applying for financial aid often feels to those who have to go through the process like the exact opposite of dignity. And what is it about this process that makes people feel undignified? Sociologist Teo Yu Yen sums up what people had to say about the process of applying for financial aid. They will ask me A to Z, all kinds of personal questions. They will ask me to bring 10 different documents, and if one of them is wrong, I have to go again. I have no time to do this because I have to work, I have to pick up my kid, I have to cook, I have to do housework, my kids need me at home, and I don't want them to go astray like I did. But last time I went, the officer there just told me to get a job. And finally, importantly, after I've done everything right and I qualify in everything, they give me a tiny bit of help for which I'm grateful, but which only helps me get out of this crisis but doesn't prevent the next one. So this is what inequality looks like. To be ignored by society, yet placed under intense scrutiny from authority figures. To be gaslighted that your needs are just once to live in a first world country, yet to live in poverty. This is what Singapore looks like. I now want to spend a few minutes 
to talk about how the issue of living wages is connected to climate justice. Yesterday, the Singapore Climate Rally was held at, held at Homelin Park, and there were a lot of people there, I think 1,400 according to the reports. There were groups representing delivery riders, uh, indigenous people like the Orang Pulau, student groups, justice groups, and even an interfaith group. I was there, Miak was there, Gary too, and I really wish more of us was there. But by the way, shout out to MPs who showed up to events like this. And strangely enough, I didn't see any PAP MPs there. The, the thing is, when the people who are supposed to represent us don't even show up, don't even come to the ground to listen, this is precisely when we have to step up, when we have to show up. The thing is, climate change, this crisis is truly an all-hands-on-deck crisis. We as a faith community need to step up. We as a faith community need to get out there. Salvation also includes thinking about how to save our planet. Salvation also includes coming together and coming up with ways to save our planet. When Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem and the crowds lined the streets shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know what? That's a rally. That's a protest. Back then, they were protesting oppression by the Roman Empire, which held them in poverty. Today, it could very well be a protest against the oppressive forces, the systemic deadlock and issues, the injustices of climate change, and all these injustices which disproportionately affect the poor. Climate change is interlinked with so many other justice issues, and this includes worker rights. Could living wages help in climate change? Research from the University of California shows that improving labor conditions just might be one of the best ways to transform industries causing climate change. Take, for example, the fashion industry, which has become one of the most polluting industries in the world due to the rise of fast fashion. Fast fashion is the business model of fashion giants such as H&M, Shein, and Zara. They mass-produce clothes at extremely low cost, and sell them quickly while the designs are still fashionable. Now, this generates a ridiculous amount of waste. Every year, the fashion industry creates 92 million tons of waste. It consumes 79 trillion tons of water and produces 4 billion tons of CO2. Now, how is it that they are able to produce so much so cheaply? Now, the fashion industry fails to pay living wages to the people actually making the clothes. According to the, fashion, to the collection fashion justice, as little as 2% of all government workers are paid a living wage. But paying living wages can be a powerful tool in the fight against climate change. Ronald Gere, a professor of industrial ecology, found that by raising wages of the world's government workers by just $100 a week, 65.3 million tons of CO2 will be cut out of the global economy. 
65.3 million tons of CO2. Now that's a big deal. 65.3 million tons, that's, that mass is the equivalent of 90% of the mass of all wild animals in the world, wild land animals in the world. Now, how does this work? Well, essentially, every dollar spent on labor is a zero-carbon dollar. This is money spent on a person's time and skills instead of money spent on environmental harm. So, if brands were made to pay a living wage, then they would have to internalize the true cost of clothing production. Would this make clothes more expensive? I don't know, perhaps, but is that a bad thing? As consumers, we currently buy an enormous amount of unsustainable clothing because they are so cheap. Could we buy less clothes so that people are paid properly? Could we be willing to make sure each company pays its workers nothing less than a living wage? And if this is the impact that living wages could have on the fashion industry, imagine the impact. Imagine the impact it would have if all industries paid living wages. Imagine the change in the world if every person was paid a living wage. So, with all of this being said, what are some of the things you could do? Firstly, let's educate ourselves. Find out more about the debate about minimum wages and living wages. Keep up to date with what's going on in Parliament. Stay civically engaged. You don't have to agree that the minimum wage is the best way forward, but I think we should evaluate different ideas and hold policymakers accountable. Secondly, let's think about how we consume. Does that brand that you are buying from deserve your dollar? Do you own stocks in a company? If they are not doing right by their workers, they are not doing right by the environment, and they are not doing right by you. By choosing where we spend our money or how we invest our money, we can collectively push companies into doing the right thing. And finally, if you own a business or are in a position of authority, then you, you are the vineyard owner. Do you know what's happening in your vineyard? Do you feel the call to do what's right? Doing what's right. This is what salvation looks like. I believe that salvation is in our hands. I also believe that Jesus saves. Through his words, his actions, his stories, Jesus has shown us the blueprint for salvation. This blueprint is less about how to get into a fantastical realm and more about what we do right here, right now, in the world that we live in. Can you imagine a world where everyone has enough, where work is respectable, dignified, life-giving, where we work not just to survive, but to thrive, to serve each other and to serve God. That 
That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a vineyard where workers and landowners first realize that everyone is equal. It's only then, according to the parable, that the last will be first and the first will be last. Amen. We have, we have now come to a time of communion. If you're joining us online, now will be a good time to prepare your own elements. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries, here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. So this means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy. Where pain meets healing. Where fear meets faith. Death meets resurrection. Hate meets love. Together, this, this table, table is, is at, at the, the intersection, intersection where two, two lines meet. meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is a table of love, the center of where love flows. This table is one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of love, of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table where all are equal, all are free. We, we ask, ask you to bless, bless this, this cup and this cup. cup. Through this, this meal, make us, us the body of Christ, Christ that, that we may join you in promoting the well-being of all creation. creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it. And as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May now invite the stewards to come forward and distribute the elements. If it is your first time joining us, please hold on to the elements so that we may partake of it together.
God blessed these simple elements so they will nourish and strengthen us in body and spirit. Thus partake the elements together. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit to join in this prayer. Together. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us all love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, Run that we may not seek much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. You may pass the cups to the centre so that the stewards may collect it. Thank you. Good morning and welcome home once again, everyone. Welcome to Free Community Church, FCC, right? Free Community Church, our Sunday worship service. All right, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal, where every one of us, regardless of our social economic status, well, whether we are, you went to the climate change rally or not, all right, but regardless of your gender, or in, gender identity, your sexual orientation, whatever the labels are, right, as you step through the door, they fall away. Alright, and you come simply be and as a loving, a beloved child of God. And I'd like to thank Louise for leading us through communion earlier, alright, coming together for this meal. And also wonderful to have a fresh breeze of this wind of preaching, right, from Elvin. I think it shows me right a fresh perspective of what living faith is. Living in faith is not just uh, we living have faith, but it's a faith that gives lives, not just to ourselves, but people around us, to our world and to all of creation. That is a living faith. And so, I'm really thankful. And if you are, if you are able to, you have a YouTube account, help us to like the video, share this out so that more people can receive the message and to start ponder about like how each of us can live out this living faith, making a change in our lives and our world. So, once again, welcome home. The next slide, please. Alright, if you are new with us, alright, you are just visiting us or first time, um, you know, sit. I remember the first time I came to FCC, I always sit, I'm seated at the back. For three whole weeks, I sat quietly at the back and I was just observing. Alright, yeah, so because you, you want to feel safe, you're, you're not sure where to plug yourself in in this community. Now, Right, we have an opportunity for you. If you are new to us, whether you are online or on site, join us. All right, get in touch with us by going to fcc.li/welcome or simply scan the QR code and fill up the form. 
Right, this will help us to know you better where you're coming from and be in touch with us. Right, safe communication. You can just email us too at info at freecomchurch.org. And we will be sending out an invitation for you to join us at the new Commerce meeting happening on the second, 22nd of October. All right, um, that will happen after the Sunday service on, on that Sunday. So if you are interested, if you want to find out more, fill out the form or simply email to us at the address uh, shown on the screen. Next, we move on to worshipping God through our giving. All right? There are three ways uh, we can give. All right? By cash, by direct debit, standing instruction, or by pay now. So you can simply uh, whip out your phone at this moment and you can find the, um, the QR code on the chairs. All right? And you can just scan. Like Everybody should be very familiar with that right now. But a few words right, about Tying back to living faith, all right? Tying about salvation. How can we participate, all right, in the salvation of creation and around us? All right, that is coming together as a community, right? A community that brings the Lord's salvation to the world. Let be a witness, all right, of this saving grace and message that the Lord has given into the world through us as a community. Amen? Right? Amen? Because we are called to, be, take, to take on the likeness of God and likeness of Christ. To pour our love for creation and to reconcile all creation unto God. And that is true in and through the love of God. So I invite all of us to take a moment to meditate in terms of what we have, in what we have received in our life. We have received from the God of love. We come together to offer up our love in and through collectively as a community, all right, to God and offer our thanksgiving. Will you join me in the prayer of thanksgiving and offering? Dear God, you are the Lord of harvest. You are the vineyard owner who has the heart of generosity that calls us into your fold, into your garden, into your harvest to share the joy of receiving this living grace, inviting us to love and care for one another. And in that giving, we too receive the loving grace, the saving grace, that healing grace. So Lord, we live ourselves, our offering, and one another into your loving hands. Bless us, keep us, and watch over us. In the eternal name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Right. May I invite the students to come forward for those who are um, giving physically, like dropping a cash uh, or a check. You may raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. All right. Thank you very much. On the next part, we will move on to the announcements. We have a few announcements this week. The first announcement would be Free Community Church is having a collection drive. All right. we, are, we live out this living faith by reaching out to the marginalized, the disenfranchised, and our siblings who are living on the margins, right? So, what this collection drive aims to do is to collect items, right? Upcycling, right? Not just recycling, go and throw inside, 
as you have may some of you may have watched the documentary, I am very suspicious of recycling sometimes nowadays. So as much as I can, I actually do upcycling. That means I post things I have on various platforms and share with my neighbors. Or I bring it to the office, or you know, I'll I'll post messages or speak to people on social media platforms on things that they, they, they want or need. Alright, you can do the same thing. But now we are coming together as a community to do this. You can do upcycling, do good by providing items that are in good conditions, but you no longer have that use for, for them, right? So clean items with no holes, right? Clothing. We are looking for um, bags and apparels. So very obvious, right? You don't want to give somebody a bag that cannot hold the item anymore. So please, no holes, uh. okay? Apparels that are clean. But uh, please avoid, uh, please no uh, undergarments, all right, for hygiene purposes. Small electrical appliances that should be working in working condition, all right. And if there are any items that are uh, damaged or unusable, then we will need to discard or reject them. If you are not unsure of, you know, like I have some items, I'm not sure whether can I give them away, reach out to us, all right. Simply drop a message to Keen at 9026-9926. Oh, sorry, 9062-9926. Or simply go to the universal portal, info at freecomchurch.org. <laughs> Next, mark your calendars. How many of you have marked your calendars for this? Our 20th anniversary. Wow, all, all, all have never marked. So you better whip out your phones. Alright, I invite you to mark your calendars. On the 8th of October, that will be our 20th anniversary special Sunday service happening at 10.30 a.m. Can I have a woohoo in the house? <laughs> yes, I like that. Okay, great. So, not just come by yourself, lah, okay? Right? Salvation for an for, uh, individual that neglects his neighbour is not a salvation worth living or having. So, bring along your friends, all right, families, loved ones, to come and celebrate as a community the life of this community, all right, um, to share in our joy. So, if you have any questions, all right, please reach out to us about the anniversary or if you would like to, you know, like have some ideas you want to contribute or help out and find ways you can help to contribute to help in this anniversary service, simply reach out to the leaders of the church or the pastors. Next, join the production ministry. So, I mentioned, right, one of the ways you can help is join the production ministry because the production is a one big umbrella term, but there are any, actually many roles that um, is available for any one of you, you, know, you might have a special inclined or interest in the areas of like videography, photography, you like visuals, you like, you like linguistic you know, skills, you have good linguistic skills, you want to work with the lyrics, the wordings, you like sound, all right, you're the audiophile, right, and you can come and join us on the sound team. So there are many roles available, not just the visual presenters needed. I think we probably need to change the slides on that. But to find out more or sign up, go to info at freecomchurch.org and we can arrange for an um, orientation all right, session for those who are interested. Next, please help. After church events. How many of you have attended the after church events? Please raise your hand. Some of you are shy. Raise a finger. All right. So those who are online, you can also like share about you know with each one another what uh, what which are, which ACE events you have attended. But now we are looking for help, right? We are looking to expand the offering we have for our ACE, all right, for after church events, all right. We are looking for volunteers to lead in the uh, coming ACE events, all right. You can make 
uh, some example would be like, for example, you can make a Christmas wreath, right? Or some artistic uh, skills you might have that we want to share with others, all right? Or many talents that you can bring onto the table to enrich life of the community. Please, we welcome you and we invite you to do so. Reach out to the pastors or uh, send us your proposal, your ideas, or even like you can just make an inquiry by going to info at freecomchurch.org. So please don't shy away. For if you feel that you know, I like was speaking, you you know, you have given you this talent. It's time for you to shine, to share this. All right. It's not about like personal pride. You know, I I'm very shy. Singaporeans have this thing called very paise. Paise, I know I shy. I know I won't do a good job. But it's not about doing a good job. I think it's about having the heart to share your talent and what your vision on how you can apply this talent with your community. So please, uh, if you are considering, take action now, right? Next, we also have showing care. We can show care by praying for one another. This is uh, one of the great movement uh, initiatives that have kicked off last week, right? If you need someone to pray with you, you can come forward after service, right? And we will have volunteers uh, praying um, for you after the service, come to the front, all right, and we will have volunteers around. So care is a, a, is a abbreviation, an acronym for well, it's that count on all, rely on everyone, right, or everybody. I'm trying to remember all the <laughs> we have the age, we have the care, we have the seat, and talking about acron- uh, abbreviation or acronym. Next, we have seed. Now, this time around, you read, you, you read it for me, okay? One, two, three, okay? What say this, okay? One, two, three. Alright, so it's actually uh, a, one of the classes that we have that we invite people who might not, um, you, you might not know um, our, our community or our church very well, but you want to find out more. You want to connect with, with you want to consider building a community with us. Right, making us your community, but you don't know how to, uh, don't know how, or you're not sure whether we are the right, uh, right fit for you. You can join us for seed, all right. And it's happening the 16th season, all right. Wow, 16th season happening on the 15th of October, uh, on the Sunday at uh, 12. After usually it's after service. How long it's gonna be? Usually it's very short, okay. Because I recently just experienced it, and I tell you, wow, it's so wonderful because it's usually lesser than 30, 30 minutes. Right, so it's a quick and fast pace happening usually uh, fortnightly. But you want to find out more, you are interested, please go to info at freecomchurch.org. So last but not least, we have no lunch kaki today. We have no lunch kaki. Not because of the rain. Because we have newcomers meeting. So for those who are like, oh, I actually wanted to have lunch kaki. Of course, now you can have lunch kaki with the pastors and other, other newbies by going to our, if you're on physical on-site, go to our uh, newcomers meeting happening at the back in the activity room after the service. So, without further ado, I invite Pastor Pauline to come forward to give us the benediction. Will you rise um, in body and spirit to receive the benediction? Loving God, you save us from everything that keeps us from you. Your heart, your will, your love. And we know that salvation is not just something personal. It's something that's interconnected with the people that are all around us, with our world 
and even with all of creation, all of this is on your heart. All of this is precious to you. So now go. Go as God's people who has God's heart in your heart that you may know what it truly means to be saved, to be saved by God's love and grace, to be saved for love and grace and justice in this world. So now go, and may our God of love and justice go with you both now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us our service today. We hope to see you again, and go, and may God go with you in this coming week. Amen.